I'm Mel Kettle, and you're listening to This Connected Life, the show where connected leaders share their experience, values, and strategies that have helped them become more connectable so they achieve success in life and business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Connected Life. I'm your host, Mel Kettle, and this week is episode 39. It's been an interesting week, hasn't it, with the government announcing the lifting of some of the COVID restrictions. I don't know about you, but I'm a little anxious about it all. I don't think I'm quite ready to go back out into the big bad world, (laughs) although I really am looking forward to seeing some family and some friends. Today, however, I want to talk about how do we ask, how do we listen, and how do we observe There's nothing like having to run so much of your life through a video screen to realise that we really need to brush up on some of these skills. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's noticed this. One of the most challenging aspects I've found with our um, new COVID normal is that we're no longer able to connect and engage with people in the same ways that we always have. No more face-to-face meetings, no more in-person events, no more quick conversations in the corridors or the lunchrooms as you pass by a colleague's desk. Instead, our primary form of communication at the moment is either over the phone or, far more likely, some sort of Zoom conferencing, video conferencing technology. Whether you're using FaceTime or Zoom or Microsoft Teams or BlueJeans or even House Party, Many of our usual non-verbal communication cues are becoming a lot more difficult to identify if they're even there in the first place, which is why it's even more critical that we're aware of how and when we ask questions. Are we really listening when people respond and what and how much are we observing of the other person or the people that we're actually communicating and connecting with? So let's start with asking. Are you asking the right questions? Albert Einstein famously said, question everything. As communicators and as leaders, it's really important that we know how to ask questions. Dale Carnegie in his classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, suggests that we ask questions the other person will enjoy answering. So while this isn't always possible in the workplace, one thing we do know is that not enough questions are being asked. And it's important that we ask questions for so many reasons. The main one of which is that it shows we have an interest in the other person and this leads to more trust. When we ask questions, we can also stimulate ideas and stimulate learning and it can help solve a problem, whether that problem is big or small. And we definitely have a lot of problems and challenges that we're trying to solve at the moment. Asking questions can also demonstrate vulnerability, such as... I don't know, can you help me with this? Or, or can you explain more about this? I don't understand. Um, and asking questions can encourage people to share their vulnerabilities. So one of the things that I often get asked is what are some of these specific questions that we should be asking? Obviously, that depends on what you want to find out. But at the moment, as many of us are grappling with new working environments, some of the questions I'm suggesting to clients are, what do you need from me right now? Is there anything that you need to be able to do your job better? Who are you sharing your workspace with? What else is going on in your home or your life at the moment? How are you feeling? 
what are you doing to look after yourself? So if you're having team meetings, maybe think about is there one of those questions that you could ask at the beginning of every team meeting and maybe at the end of every team meeting. One of my friends was telling me recently that one of her staff wasn't performing as well as she expected now that he's working from home. When when she asked him what else is going on in his life right now, he said, I've got a new girlfriend I'm living with, I've got a new puppy, and we're living in a small apartment that we've just moved into. And this really helped her better understand his current situation so she could provide more appropriate support to him. And, you know, she asked him a few questions about what he needed. And one of his responses really surprised her because that was something that he hadn't previously needed in the office. Of course, when when we're asking personal questions, particularly of our staff, they really need to be framed in a way that that clearly demonstrates you're genuinely interested and caring and you're not just a nosy busybody. So perhaps start by asking permission to ask a more personal question and then begin gently Um, and make sure you have the right amount of empathy and care in your questioning and then make sure you actually listen to the answer and ask relevant follow-up questions if necessary. Um, If you're dealing with a staff member or a colleague who's particularly closed, then perhaps start by sharing something about yourself that they might not know. You know, share some vulnerability so that you can demonstrate to them that you're willing to share a little bit of who you are in order to get back a little bit of what's going on in their world right now. So have a think about what are some of the questions that you're asking right now and are they giving you the answers that you're needing or are they giving and are they giving you answers that you're expecting? I'd really love to know. The second part of this is how well do you listen? Because if you ask a question, you need to actually really listen to the answer. Peter Drucker said the most important thing in communication is hearing what isn't said. And listening is a skill we all think we have, but in reality, most of us are just waiting for our turn to talk. Good communicators genuinely listen and then they decide whether they have anything of value to add before allowing more words to fall out of their lips. Oscar Trimboli, in his beautiful and fabulous little book, Deep Listening, reminds us that when we don't listen, people feel undervalued or offended. And not listening can also lead to misunderstandings, feelings of frustration, feelings of isolation and increased fear. And we all know what it's like to be with people who don't listen to you. You know, whether it's someone in your personal life or somebody in your work life, we've all had experiences where we've asked questions and the person who's, who's asking, or we've answered questions to somebody who hasn't even bothered listening to the responses. It's really, really easy to be distracted today. And yes, smartphones are partly responsible for this. So focused listening is more essential than ever. So what do we do to listen and to listen well? Well, there's a few things we can do to become better listeners. Don't be polite. Don't listen to just be polite. Listen to learn. Show curiosity about what you're listening to and who you're listening to. And if you ask a question or if somebody says something that you're not sure of or that you want to learn more about, then ask questions because that shows a genuine interest and it also shows that you are deeply listening. 
focus on the other person. Don't focus on your phone, your email or your next meeting. And one of the things that I find really disconcerting in particular about Zoom and you know video conferencing and having phone meetings is that you just sometimes don't know whether the other person is actually listening especially if you can't see their face on the screen so you know put your face on the screen <laughs> when you're on video calls so that people can see how engaged you are with them and then something else we can do to become better listeners is have an open mind don't just make assumptions and you know and then finally if know when to leave if you're having a conversation with someone or if you're in a meeting or if someone comes to you and you don't have the right state to listen or you've got no energy left because it's the end of the day then you know explain that to the other person and say you'd really like to be there for them you'd really like to listen to them but it's not the right time for you because you don't have enough energy or you're too um, it's the wrong time of day and you won't be as focused as they deserve you to be. So offer another time when you can be pay, able to pay them more attention. So have a think about how good a listener are you? When you're having a conversation with someone, does your mind wander or are you intently focused on that person? And then the third part of this episode today is about observation. What are you observing? The Oxford Dictionary describes observation as the action or the process of observing something or someone in order to gain information. And when we observe what's happening around us, we are provided with information that helps us make better decisions. So good leaders ask the right questions, they listen effectively, and they're aware of what's happening around them. So unsurprisingly, observation plays a pretty big role when it comes to communication especially when we consider that over 80% of communication is nonverbal. At the moment, because we're doing so much less person-to-person, face-to-face communication, verbal cues are far more difficult to observe, and so we need to be even more aware of what we're looking at and what we're listening to. And some of the cues we need to be looking out for include tone of voice, facial expressions, body language, gestures, eye contact, physical space. If anyone's surprised at how exhausting video calls are, just think about this list. Not only do we need to listen, but we need to really closely pay attention to what is happening through the screen. So when you're on a video call the next time, think about observe some of these cues and think about some of the insights that you gain. So what are the people that you're looking that you're you know talking to or having a meeting with what's in their background what can you see and what can you hear I've forgotten how many meetings I've gone to online where I've seen or heard children pets other adults other sounds in the background things that I'm curious about you know I love it when kids um, and pets zoom bomb a conference because it just makes it so much more interesting and it gives such a great insight into who that person is when they're not at work. I really, really loathe those um, virtual backgrounds because it just gives a false sense of who this person is. I want to see them, mess and all, and anybody who's been on a Zoom call with me when I'm in my office knows that it's a bit of a bomb site, but I don't care. That's part of who I am. I'm not a naturally tidy person at home. 
I do, however, have a lovely virtual setup for when I'm presenting more formally, um, and that's clean and tidy, <laughs> but I don't tend to do a lot of my Zoom meetings there. The other thing to think about, how do your people look? How do they sound? Are they alert? Are they exhausted? Are they frazzled? Are they happy? Are they anxious? Are they sad? What facial expressions are you seeing? Are you seeing resting bitch faces all the time or are you seeing expressions of happiness and joy? Or again, do they look exhausted? Just because somebody might have a bit of a resting bitch face as well does not mean they are bored. One of my friends, unfortunately, has one all the time and she she says to me, the more awful I look, the more you know bored my expression is, the more attention I'm paying to what you're saying and the more focused I am. So again, it comes back to not making assumptions. And then observe their behaviours. Are they different in the office to, to what they might be at home? I would assume they would be because a lot of people are. But, you know, think about things like punctuality. If someone's always on time at work and consistently late to an online meeting, what might that mean? Could it mean that they're juggling family responsibilities? Could it mean that they don't have adequate technology in order to do their job? You know, ask questions about what this might mean, but ask them in a caring way, not an accusatory way. And then observe tone of voice. How do people sound? Do they sound annoyed, frustrated, happy, joyful? You know, and then, you know, dig a bit deeper if you need to, not in front of other people, but, you know, personally afterwards. And then what about body language? Are they sitting up straight? Are they slouching? Are they standing? And what could this tell you about them? One of the things that is really important when we communicate with people is eye contact. Observing eye contact online is really, really tricky, particularly because so many people don't seem to know where the camera on their device is, or they fall into the trap of looking at the image of who they're talking to and not at the camera. So probably don't put too much um, credence into what eye contact is looking like at the moment, but you know, think about who they are and how they are compared to what their normal world is when you know them face to face. So given that a lot of our observation today is going to be comparing our people online to how they are when we're with them face to face, have a think about what might be different. What are you noticing that's the same and what are you noticing that's not the same? More than ever, it's so critical that we combine observing with asking and listening. And if we observe something that seems a little bit off, then we really need to ask why. And we need to do that in a kind way, because this is a crazy time for all of us. And a lot of us are still really anxious and really fearful about what that future might hold. So what is it you're observing about your people? And what do you think they're observing about you? So with everything I've talked about today, asking, listening and observing, don't just look at it in terms of what are your people doing, but reflect back to yourself. What is it that you're doing? How could you ask better questions? How can you listen more? And how can you observe? And critically, what are people observing about you? That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn or on Twitter or on Instagram. Um, I'm at Mel Kettle on all of those platforms. You're welcome to use the hashtag ThisConnectedLife or you can email me, mel at melkettle.com. Love hearing from listeners. Uh, Thanks again. 
Next week I've got a great interview with my friend John Barton and we're talking about finances and money and how to make sure you're going to be okay or you know what what questions you need to ask yourself about your current finances so that'll drop out come out next week so be sure to listen to that one have a great week talk to you soon bye Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you really liked what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes or a recommendation on LinkedIn or both. The show notes are all on the website, melkettle.com forward slash podcast. And I'd love you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. You'll find me at Mel Kettle. See you next time and stay connected. Bye.